Hello, and welcome back to Bestie Chats with Soph. I am your host, Sophia Panella, and I'm so happy to have you here. This episode is sponsored by Legion Athletics. Legion is the number one best-selling brand of all natural sports supplements with over 400,000 customers served and 3 million bottles sold. But you guys know how I roll. I'll be honest in telling you that supplements are not going to be the end solution to reaching your goals. And let me make it clear that you do not need supplements in order to reach your goals. Supplements are to be used if there are spaces in your diet that need to be filled or if you're deficient in any vitamins and minerals. That's where dietary supplements will help you out. Legion has been the only supplement company that doesn't leave me feeling like garbo, and that's because it's all natural supplements, and better yet, they're all backed by research and science. Like, it doesn't get better than that. My favorite products from Legion I use every day are their original grains, the peach ring pre-workout flavor, I'm not joking, you guys, it literally tastes like the peach rings candy, and both the grass-fed whey and vegan cinnamon cereal protein powder, best protein powder of all time. Both both of them. They're so good. You can go to www.legionathletics.com and take the quiz to see what supplements will best fit you towards reaching your goals. And don't forget to use code SOFIA at checkout. Today, we're going to do something a little different. We are doing our very first Q&A on the pod. I'm so excited. I love Q&As. I love reading over Q&As. I think they're so fun. I think you get to know so much about a person with questions because you just get to ask them straight up, like, how do you feel about this? Or what do you do for that? And I love it. It could not be more forward and straight up, which I love. I asked you guys on my Instagram story to give me some questions that you want answered on today's episode. So that is what we're going to be doing today. So let's just get into it. The first question I'm going to answer has to do with body dysmorphia. Now, if you get a little triggered by that, if that's not something you want to hear or listen to or whatever, go ahead and skip forward to the next question. But a lot of you guys asked kind of the same but different questions about how I deal with body dysmorphia, if I struggle with it, how I work through it, how I deal with it with summer, like body imaging coming with the summer. Like it, it's, I get you. I hear you guys. So, so let's chat about that first. Um, because I know that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And I want to start off with saying that let's be realistic about body dysmorphia and, how it is in today's day and age. A large part of it has to do with social media. Okay. Here we go. Here the fuck we go. I know you guys are probably sick and tired of me talking about it, but a large part of body dysmorphia and the reason that it affects so many people, especially young women, young women, like middle school, you guys, there's studies out there that say that like middle schoolers are dealing with even elementary school. I mean, it is crazy and it's due to social media. A large part of it is, I don't think people compared themselves as much. Like I don't remember in elementary school or even middle school comparing the way that I looked really at all as much. I mean, you become more aware of your body when you're in middle school, when you start going through puberty and developing, you know, into your female young woman body. But I don't remember really comparing myself too much, but I know nowadays so many elementary and middle schoolers deal with that, which is so sad because they're so young. And obviously, you know, high schoolers, college gals, and anybody in the real world deals with it to a certain extent as well. Um, 
but understanding that we as human beings are, we tend to like the negative stuff. Uh, on social media too, that's always the content that is pushed, that is most viral is the mental breakdown or the, God, I don't mean to say this and like, this is not funny, but I just saw a video the other day of a husband that was like abusive. It's like, that's all I see on my feed. It's always these negative things or these really sad stories. And it's like, that's what the world loves because it makes us feel better as humans when other, when we see other people struggling. So it's like, okay, we're not doing as bad as that. So actually everything's fine. Right. But we, as humans, we always focus on the negative and we tend to pick ourselves apart instead of looking at ourselves in the mirror. The first things that we're going to do is we are going to look at things that we don't love about our body, that we want to change, that we wish we didn't have, or we wish were different. Instead of looking in the mirror and being like, the first things I see are my beautiful hair and my eyes and my voluptuous curves and my amazing, meaty, strong legs. Like that's not what we're telling ourselves in the mirror, right? Majority of the time, it's negative self-talk. But the way that I deal with body dysmorphia is, first of all, understanding that there will be days that I don't like the way that I look, that I look at myself in the mirror at the gym and I'm like, oh my God, I look like a glob. I do not like the way I look. And you are going to talk to yourself negatively. Okay. Let's just get that out because it's going to happen. However, you've got to change your mindset in regards to the way that you speak to yourself a majority of the time. At least 80 to 90% of the time, you have to speak well to yourself because that changes everything. You have to talk nicely to yourself. You have to start looking in the mirror more often and choosing things about yourself that you love, that you're proud of. And us as females, I think we have a lot of shit to be proud of about our bodies. The stretch marks mean that you have grown. The cellulite means that you have grown. Maybe if you're a little bit more curvier, that means that you have grown. You can also be a little bit less curvier and feel a little better about yourself, which means you have grown. Like our, our, beautiful bodies. If your boobies hang a little bit lower than they used to be because you have created three beautiful children, or maybe your body shape has changed because you have created a wonderful family, like that is gorgeous. And it is wonderful. And we need to start talking highly about ourselves as females and step into that fucking power that we have in the world as females. And it's sad because obviously it, it seems like we don't have that power a lot of the times with some issues that are going on around the world. Um, and it's really sad, but I think the most that we can do and the best we can do is really embrace that and step into our feminine divinity and talk highly about ourselves, but also be realistic and understand that there will be days that you don't love <laughs> the way you look and that's okay. All right. Cut yourself some slack, give yourself a break. And of course, of course, stop comparing yourself to other people on social media. You guys know it is so easy to cut and edit angles and certain videos and have good lighting and suck in and pose without even really being able to tell. It's so easy. All right. So, you know, also follow people on social media that you feel like maybe have a similar body shape to you or similar ideals and similar approach to lifestyle. F 
follow people that make you feel good. If you follow somebody on social media that you are constantly comparing yourself to, and even if ever every like five videos, maybe it's like, oh, that was inspirational. Okay. Yeah, I do like them. But like, Every video after that is something where you're comparing yourself to them or be like, oh my God, they have such a nice body or, oh my God, look at how organized their fridges or, oh my God, look at how many clothes they have or look at their home or look at them always clean. Stop it. Knock it off. Unfollow them. Unfollow them. I, every six months go through a social media purge and I look at the people that I'm following and I'm like, is this really serving me? Is this person really serving me? following them. Am I comparing myself to them? Because like I said, at the beginning of this, social media has a huge impact on the way that we look at ourselves. And that has largely an impact on body dysmorphia. So follow people on social media that you feel like have a similar body shape to you, or at least encourage you to actually be a better person. That's going to help tremendously with your mental health. And kind of like I talked about in the last episode of finding balance, really work on finding balance because when you feel better about your lifestyle and your routine and you feel like you have found balance, your physical body is going to show that. And you're actually going to find that, you know, obviously your mental health will be a lot better. And therefore the way that you look at yourself is just going to be in a better light. You're going to show and glow a different energy. And that's, that's where you want to be. Some of you guys asked me how I got started in this career that I have and how to get started on your CPT and maybe starting a business. In the first episode of the Get to Know Me, I actually talk about basically how I fell into this career. So I definitely suggest taking a listen to that um, because I chat about how I stumbled into social media, how I got inspired to get my CPT and start my own business. Um, But I will say some of you asked how I make my money. Like, how do I make money? It's it's such a good question because when you look at influencers and people on social media, I'm nosy. I'm always like, you're a content creator. How does this person make money? Where does their income come from? So I will tell you that I have multiple sources of income and I could not recommend that enough. I know it's easier said than done, but I have multiple sources of income. So my main income and my main priority is my business. It is my online coaching and personal training. So I train clients all around the world, uh, women of all ages, sizes, shapes, colors, lifestyles, routines, and I help them create a more realistic approach to health and wellness that is solely dependent on their specific lifestyle. I tend to take a more holistic approach and open-minded approach. And I, although I'm not like a certified life coach, I am, I would say very much life coach slash built-in BFF with some of my clients. Some of them have come, um, have become really, really close friends of mine. And we've been through a lot together and I love that, but that's my main source of income. So that's how I make most of my money. Now I also do make, um, money from some brands that I work with. So I am athletes for some brands, some of them being TLF and G Athletica, which are clothing brands. Um, I also am an athlete for Legion Athletics, the supplement company that you guys hear with the ad running at the beginning. Um, so I'm an athlete for them and also with Glow Proteins, which is the self tanner I use. Um, and there's a few other ones with Natural Cycles, my BFF. 
IVF. So I work, I'm not an athlete for them, but I do work with natural cycles. Um, and sometimes through commission, um, links, my Amazon storefront is also another, you know, side income. Again, it's not my main one. I feel like anytime I post in Amazon haul, people get the misconception that the like I'm trying to make money from it. Um, it's not that I'm trying to make money from it. Like that's not my main source of income. I didn't know I was making money from my Amazon storefront for almost eight months. <laughs> so I just kept linking it because you guys, you know, you guys asked me to link it. So of course I'm going to link it. It doesn't take me that long to link shit. It's pretty easy. So you asked me to do it. Of course, if I get commission from it, great. If not, I don't really care. Like that again, I know I've said it a million times, but it's not my main source of income. So through some brands that I work with, which essentially I guess you could say is through quote unquote social media, but I would say just the way that I advertise myself is through social media. And then that allows me to get connected to brands, which allows me to get some source of revenue through that. But yeah, Main source of income is my coaching platform. Um, and I just love it. God, coaching is just the best thing ever. So hopefully that clears the air, but it's hard because so many creators, they make money through different ways. Like every, this is not how every creator online fitness coach makes money. Everybody makes money in different ways, which is why it's so interesting. It's not like a one time thing, you know, but when it comes to running your own business, you have to invest a lot. <laughs> you have to invest in, you know, a manager, a coach, a financial advisor. Like you have to spend money to make money. So it's not like I'm just making all this money and it's just like, you know, straight profit. You have to spend quite a bit of money when it comes to uh running a business, which is why a lot of people um are in the red zone at the beginning of maybe opening up a business um, because they have to invest before, you know, they start actually seeing profit. Um, but yeah, that is how I make my income. Somebody asked me, what do you wish people did more, which would benefit them? The first thing that comes to mind right now, by the way, I'm answering all of these on the fly. These are not pre-thought out or answered questions, okay? Um, I wish first people prioritized and understood the impact of sleep. Um, like I've said, people think no sleep, no days off, sleep is for the week, hustle culture. Oh, I stay up and I'm working late and getting up early. No, no, ma'am. That is affecting your health to a significant degree. You have got to prioritize your sleep, which is why I love love my aura ring. The reason I got my aura ring was because of natural cycles. Cause it takes my temperature automatically every single morning. I just have to go into the natural cycles app, click where it says the temperature that you usually put in. It will say sync with aura. I tap that button. Then it updates my sleep for aura. And then it will pop over the temperature back to natural cycles, which you'll get a notification. It takes a few minutes for it to upload. You'll get a notification from natural cycles saying, Hey, your temperature was uploaded. Check your fertility status for the day. And then I click save pretty simple. That's the reason I got my aura ring, but your aura ring tracks your sleep. And you guys, it is incredible. I know it's a huge investment. I'm not telling you to get it or encouraging you to get it, but it really made me focus in and prioritize my sleep way more. And I realized that I was not getting good sleep. And it's so funny when I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I had the worst night's sleep. I check my aura and my score is like 93. And I'm like, wait, I actually got good sleep. Okay. And then mentally I'm like, way better throughout the day. I'm like, oh, I actually did get good sleep. I'm more productive. And then sometimes I wake up and I'm like, wow, that was the best sleep of my life. And then I realized that my score is like a 72 and it rates it on different things. Like 
how much deep sleep you got, light sleep, REM sleep, how much movement, um, if you were awake, which is crazy. It is, it is really, really cool. And then your latency or latency is how long it takes you to go to sleep. Um, your heart rate, if it's takes a long time for your heart rate to slow down, that means that you didn't get as much recovery. Like it's so cool. I know I'm going on a tangent about the aura ring. This is not sponsored at all, but sleep. Sleep is everything. Sleep impacts so much stuff. I know I already went over it a little bit in the last episode, but it really impacts everything. So that's the first thing. The second thing is when it comes to working out, um, mobility, mobility is strength training. Mobility isn't yoga. Mobility isn't just stretching a little bit at the beginning and cooling off at the end of your workout. It is strength training. It helps strengthen your joints, which helps strengthen your muscles and getting those joints more flexible. You guys, it changes everything. It changes your entire workout and it also helps so much with recovery. When I started prioritizing my mobility, because you guys, I used to just raw dog it at the gym and go straight in, pumped up off my friggin' pre-workout and I would just get straight in my workout. I'm like, oh, I don't need to stretch. Like it's not that big of a deal. No, 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 no. You have got to prioritize your mobility. It is a form of strength training. And I think when people realize that it is a form of strength training, they prioritize it more. Um, you've got to, it's going to change the way you lift. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you better athlete. It's going to help with recovery. I cannot recommend it more. Focus on your mobility. You guys, it is huge. I do have a few mobility, um, exercises and warmups on my Instagram, on my TikTok, and also on my fitness app. I have a few there. Um, they're super great. They're basic and it doesn't have to be anything fancy. You don't have to be spending like 30 minutes on your mobility. You just need to spend a little bit of time every day on your mobility and it's going to change the game. Somebody asked me what my occasional ick was for social media and um, my ick that I went through really badly in the winter time, which I realized you guys, as soon as the sun started to come out and like make me feel better, like the difference that I had on my mental health once the sun started to come out, I really realized that I um, suffered some pretty bad seasonal depression this past year. Our winter here in Reno was so gnarly. We broke records for snow. And I know like you guys in the Midwest and Northeast are probably like, please, that's like barely a winter for us. And I get that. I'm not saying that like it's ours is worse than yours. That's not what I'm saying. Sometimes when I talk about like when I say like, oh my God, we've had such a tough winter or whatever. And I mentioned it. So many people would try to like one up me saying like, oh, we'll try living in whatever. I'm like, I'm not saying that yours is worse or better. Like I'm just, it, it was tough for me. Okay. Let me live my life. But, um, long winter, you guys long, long, it even snowed uh, just a few weeks ago. Okay. It melted pretty quickly. Thank God. But there was a little bit of snow on the ground and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Reno, get it together. It's beginning of May. Okay. We need to stop doing that. Um, but I had some pretty season bad seasonal depression and I went through this weird phase of around the holiday season and winter time where I was posting what everybody else was posting, the perfectly cut and edited morning routines and all of these different things. And I got an ick from it. I got an ick from it. Um, and I got an ick from the fact that I walked like you know, would cut the video out part of the video where I was walking to and from the camera. Like 
it's not really an ick when other people do it. It was just an ick for when I was doing it, which then made me not like to watch that kind of content. And then I was like, I don't even like to watch the content that I post. Like the type of content that I'm getting the ick from is the same content that I'm posting, but I keep posting it. What am I doing? And I went through this weird, weird phase, you guys. And I shared my thoughts on that. And I think a lot of you, not a lot of you, but some of you didn't really like that <laughs> um, because you were like, well, you're n- why are you shitting on people and saying that that's an ick when they're posting that content, but you're posting it and you keep posting it. I get it. I get it. I'm not disagreeing with you. But then I went through really recently realizing that I was not posting the kind of content that I like to post. And I can't even really list off exactly the kind of content that I like to post, but I don't plan out my content. I post what I want to post, whatever's on my mind. And I feel like I was trying to make it too formal and too perfect and too much like what every influencer does. Like everybody's doing the same thing. I'm like, oh God, I need to do that too. And I realized I didn't like it. So that was kind of my ick was just the get ready with me videos that I was doing. Okay. And the perfectly cut and edited videos. And also outside of that, um, the couples, the pranking couples that you know that they're, I I just, I don't get it. Like they're holding the phone. Like I know that that guy, your husband or whoever knows that you're holding the phone. So when you're asking the question, like you're not hiddenly, you're not hiding this phone from him. Like it's in his face and he can see that, but he's still making eye contact with you. And I just, I can't, I cannot, I can't do that stuff. Cause I'm like, I just feel like this is so not realistic. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. The next question is how to keep the spark in relationships after you move in with each other. Now, this is always such an interesting question, I feel like, because so many people ask, how do you keep the spark alive in long-term relationships? How do you keep it alive in long distance? How do you keep it alive when you move in with each other? Um, It's a good question. I think realizing what your spark looks like. Because I think with books and movies and social media and whatever, TV shows, I think that there's this false narrative where, you know, the spark is always alive and you're being close and and with each other every single day or multiple, multiple times a week. And it's still heated and you're both this is explicit, but like you're both finishing at the same time and it looks perfect and it's wonderful. Like, uh, that's not the reality at all for everybody. It's not just for most people, for everybody. That is not reality. And find what your spark is. Find what your love languages are, because I think that really keeps the spark alive and also figuring out how to communicate with each other keeps the spark alive. Uh, for example, I think I talked about it in my episode of communication and relationships, but figuring out how to communicate with each other, Nash and I, my boyfriend and I, we hardly text you guys. I hate texting. I hate texting in general. Um, 
unless if it's my clients, but which I mostly voice memo them a lot of the times, but I don't like texting. I don't like texting my boyfriend. I find it just so surface level. Um, and the conversations are boring to me. I like communication over the phone, over voice memo, over FaceTime or in person and not sharing every single detail with them in the moment and saving that for dinner or saving that for breakfast or saving that for a time where you can talk to each other and be like, Oh my God, I feel like we've barely seen each other or talked to each other over the past 24 to 48 hours. Like, how are you? Like, let me know how you are. Like, I feel distant. Like, let's catch up. Like Nash and I do that all the time. We just did that a few days ago. And I was like, dude, even though we sleep with each other, like in the same bed, sleep with each other. We sleep, I should say in the same bed every single night. And we see each other every day. I was like, dude, I miss you. Oh my God. We've been so busy we need some time. Like, let's put our phones down. Like, how are you doing? And we made this really good pasta salmon, Nash smoked a salmon with our smoker. And I made some pasta and some, um, like cheesy bread. And we just sat and we watched like a movie and we just caught up and we laid in bed together. And I was like, how are you doing? I think that that's what keeps the spark alive. Cause the spark doesn't necessarily mean sex, right? Spark doesn't equal sex. Spark is so much more than that. And I think we need to get a little bit more realistic with the way that we approach what a meaning of spark means in relationships. Because after that, my spark was lit and we didn't even have to do anything physical to get to that point. It was like, oh my God, okay, we're good. We're back into it. Like, feeling good. We caught up and that like created the spark for me again. Um, you know, I think cause a lot of people, when they ask that the answer is, Oh, we plan it out and make sure that at least once a week we're getting close. And yeah, I think that for some people that might help out a ton, but also realizing that a spark looks different for everybody. And for us, it doesn't necessarily mean uh physical, I think physically getting close to somebody and romantically getting close. Uh, it looks different for everybody. Some people it's multiple times a week. Some people it's not as much. Some people it's ever so often. I don't know. I I don't know. I think there's like statistics out there that'll tell you that you, you know, on average, it's so-and-so that the, this amount of time per week or whatever, but don't compare yourself to, you know, other people on social media, other relationships on social media, and find out what a spark means for both of you guys in your relationship. Somebody asked, I want to start my own business and work from home. Any tips? If you want to start your own business, my biggest piece of advice is you have got to be okay and be comfortable with getting uncomfortable Um, because running your own business is very uncomfortable. And I've talked about it before, but yeah, it's not, it's not a comfortable lifestyle. It's comfortable in some senses. Like if you run a successful business, maybe you're financially comfortable, um, but you're not mentally comfortable because you're constantly thinking about ways to grow your business, but be okay with being uncomfortable. You should never, I don't think, feel comfortable with running a business. Um, second piece of advice is get a mentor. Fine. But you have to be very, very specific with who you choose and intentional, like go shopping around for mentors, find somebody who emulates exactly to a T what you want to do and how you want to run your business and who you are as a person. Because if you find somebody who's like a life coach or a business coach 101, like you have those people in your DMs, like, Hey, I'm a business coach. Like whatever. Um, don't fall for those, like really be intentional with who you invest in and you've got to find a mentor, uh, because you need to find somebody who, and I think 
I'm pretty sure every successful business owner also has a mentor and they will forever have a mentor. Every great coach has a coach. Every great mentor has a mentor. You learn on your own, but you've got to learn from somebody first to be able to be like, okay, loved the way that they did that. Didn't really agree with that, but I'm going to change it and make it my own. And that's how I'm going to approach this specific area of the business from now on. You learn a lot. It's through a lot of trial and error, um, but you've got to find a mentor. You've got to invest. You have to invest in yourself. You've got to invest in your business. Um, you know, come up with a good business plan and a business model, but you'll be able to do that through a good mentor. So those are my two biggest pieces of advice when it comes to starting your own business and get ready to grind. Um, when you run your own business, you don't work a nine to five. You don't have, I don't want to say it's the luxury because there's pros and cons to running your own business. There's pros and cons to a nine to five, but you don't necessarily have that luxury of being able to close your laptop and shut down and leave work behind. Because when you run a business, it becomes your entire identity. You are thinking about it all the time. You don't get to shut off really from running a business at all. Um, you work on it every single day and it becomes like your baby and like an extension of who you are. Cause it's like your business is what you represent. And it's really, really, really difficult to shut off from, um, running your own business. However, you know, the opposite end of that is that it, it fulfills you a lot when you run a successful business and you're impacting people or changing lives or whatever, it's just successful. And it's everything you dreamed of and more, it's more fulfilling than anything. Um, so that's, you know, you got to weigh, you got to weigh it out. You got to weigh out your pros and cons, but those are definitely my pieces of, of advice when it comes to running your own business and starting that. Somebody asked, how do you work on not comparing yourself to others? I know it's bad, but I still do it. It kind of links into what we chatted about the first question in relation to kind of body dysmorphia, social media. But I think you guys truly, the, when I stopped, which again, we're always going to compare a little bit, a little, little bit. Okay. So be real with yourself about that. It's not like you're never going to compare yourself ever again. Um, but there's a healthy form of comparison and a balance, I think. And obviously I think saying, oh, don't compare yourself at all. It's so bad. It's a little extreme and it's unrealistic. So you will. But I think when I fully stopped comparing myself at least as much as I did before is when I became really solidified with my truth, who I am as a person and what I believe on certain things in life right? And I think that really came after I transferred colleges and went through that whole friendship debacle and that transfer and stuff. I, I did an episode on it. If you haven't listened to it yet, definitely go check that out. But that was really traumatizing for me. Um, as you guys kind of know, uh, it was hard for me to kind of get through and I still got choked up and emotional about it, but that hardened me up a lot. And it really changed my viewpoint on a lot of different things in life. And it really taught me to like cut a lot of people out, not be afraid to be more selfish, not be afraid to have only a few people that I keep close and be proud of that. And it really made me and helped me grow up a little bit. And that's when I really kind of just became a little bit harder on life. And I was like, no, this is what I believe. I know my truth. I know I believe X, Y, and Z about these certain things. And that made me more confident because when you're unsure with yourself about 
multiple different things. The more you are unsure about things in life, the more you're unsure about yourself, the more likely you are to compare yourself to other people. But I find that the most confident people that I've met or that I know are people who stand true to who they are and stand true to their certain thoughts on things and their beliefs on on certain things. And, and those people are confident. Are they right or wrong? I don't know. I'm not saying that like everything that they say and that they believe is correct and almighty, but they're just confident. And, you know, it can come off. There's a difference between being confident and cocky and crossing that line. Because if you're just outright wrong, but you're quote unquote confident with it, it will come off as like conceited or cocky, but just be confident in who you are. And I think once you gain, once you gain that with yourself, um, you're less likely to compare yourself to other people. And that's when I found that I compare myself a lot less to people because, um, I'm confident in who I am, in my truths, in what I believe. I'm really confident in my business and the way that I run it um, and the values that I hold with myself. I'm confident in my my coaching abilities with lacrosse, with, again, my business, with the way that I am as a friend. I know I'm a good friend. I know I've got a big heart. I'm confident in the way I am as a girlfriend, as a daughter. Um, there's a lot of different aspects of my life that I feel very good about and I'm confident in. And that has come over time. It's not like this happened overnight. It took me a long time to get to that point, but there's still areas of my life that I'm working on my confidence. Um, and I find that those areas of my life are the areas that I tend to compare myself the most, if that kind of makes sense. So hopefully that answers your question in regards to that. I was asked if I come to the East Coast at all. I have gone to the East Coast literally more times than I can count. Um, and that is due to the fact that I played competitive travel lacrosse and I played on a travel team that was really good. So we traveled to and played in the best tournaments that you could possibly play in. And as you know, if you're an East Coaster, the best tournaments are on the East Coast um, because that's where all of the good lacrosse is the, you know, highest level of lacrosse is played on the East coast. So I have been to so many, so many States on the East coast. I would go to the East coast like four times a year playing lacrosse and going to different camps and everything like that. And it was so fun. I love the East coast. The humidity though, in summertime, um, knocks me on my ass every time, but it makes my skin glow. It does make me purge a lot when I get there. Um, but it makes my skin glow and hydrates it a ton. But yeah, I've been to the East coast a lot and hopefully will be able to travel, uh, up and down the East coast a lot more come soon. Somebody asked me, what's your favorite quality about people? That's a good question. I think for me, I'm really in touch with my spiritual senses, my spidey senses. So I pick up on energy right away. Within 30 seconds of meeting somebody or talking to them, I can pick up on their energy. I'm really, really in tune with that, but I've always been that way. Um, and I know you're probably like, oh, here she is, one of those girls that's like really in touch with the energy and like can pick up on energies. But I'm being for real. I promise you. <laughs> but I really am. And I think when I pick up on somebody's energy, if they give me the energy of just being real and being honest, I could just tell. I can tell when somebody's real. And 
I, I know right away if that's somebody that I want to be friends with or somebody that I like within the first five minutes of meeting them. Um, and I would say that's my favorite quality about people is if they've got good energy and they are just a real person. You can tell what they're saying is real. You know, they're confident in what they say. I really appreciate that about other people. And yeah, that would that would definitely be my favorite quality about somebody. The next question is, what are my current goals? So my current, I'll go over kind of different ones. Um, starting with my business, I am just, I, I guess actually by the time that I release this episode, I will be finished up with coaching lacrosse, but I'm recording it right now. I'm almost done with lacrosse season, which has taken up a lot, a lot of my time and energy. It's been the best experience. Like this season has been the best season that I've coached so far. The girls have been amazing. The other coaches I've been working with have been so fun. Like truly I've been having such a fun time, but it is, it's taken a lot. It's taken a lot out of me, a lot of energy. I pour everything into coaching lacrosse and it's taken a lot out of me. So I'm definitely excited to pour more time and energy into my business, into my clients, into my fitness app. I'm adding a ton of stuff on my fitness app. So stay tuned for that. You guys, it's going to be super, super awesome. I think you guys are going to love it. I'm just going to completely, I kind of want to not completely redo it, but definitely just amp it the fuck up and really take that and go with my fitness app. Um, I also want to invest more in my podcast and maybe throw in a few fun episodes here and there, some extra ones, maybe not just doing once a week or, you know, four episodes a month, uh, maybe throwing in an extra one or two in there. I have some ideas for that as well. And definitely just level up and pour more time and energy into my business. Nash and I are possibly going to be moving come fall time, which is coming up real fucking quick. Okay. Like how is it almost June? What's happening? Um, but yeah, we're going to be moving soon, I think. And so it's grind time this summer. Nash is taking, um, an accelerated course, uh, to continue his education. He's going to be working a ton and I'm going to be working a ton. We don't plan on doing too much this summer, um, or traveling a lot. We both agreed like it's fucking grind time. We're going to be making a big, big move. So we're going to be saving money. We're going to be grinding and I'm going to be pouring a lot in, into my business, which I'm excited for, for physical goals is to continue with my cut for a little bit longer. I'm almost at the tail end of it. You don't want to be in a calorie deficit for a prolonged period of time. Um, um, but continue with that. I've actually been really successful with my cut. I've been super, super proud of myself. Um, it's been really awesome. I've made pretty much reached all the goals that I really wanted to. Um, I definitely have leaned out a little bit, which was, um, part of my goals, but I really just wanted to feel a little better. Um, I was completely fine and happy with my body, with the weight that I was at before. Um, I did not have an issue with it, but I was feeling a little bit sluggish. I was feeling a little bit tired. And so that's when I decided, okay, I think it's time for me. Cause I 
built so much muscle um, and really worked a lot on just like eating more. Um, and I really didn't do that much cardio for a long, long period of time. And I continued to fuel my body a ton you know, kind of have a little bit more of a relaxed lifestyle for a long time and really grind my ass off of the gym and lift heavy. So I built a lot of great muscle, which comes, you know, when you build muscle, it comes, um, you build a little bit of fat as well. That's just how the human body works. But I was feeling a little sluggish, a little tired. And I'm like, you know what? It's time. It's time for me to, uh, you know, step into a calorie deficit. I'm ready for it. I have a healthy mindset. And also this was at the time that I was starting coaching lacrosse. And I'll tell you the best time to be in a calorie deficit or a cut is when you are fucking busy <laughs> because you don't have time to think about anything besides hitting your meals, getting your workout in and sticking to a routine. And that is what I've done for the past eight weeks. I have done, it's been like the Truman show, the same it's the same day over and over and over and over. Um, I feel like with my cut, I've been living one long, long day, uh, which I don't mind it. It's kind of just been, I've been on autopilot, like I've mentioned before. Um, and I really have been okay with it. And that's the best time to do a cut. And yeah, I've been successful with it. So just continue that for a little bit longer and then just kind of chill and relax on a little bit of things. Um, work out of my calorie deficit a little bit. Um, I think I'm definitely going to keep up my step count and keep my body moving, keep my cardio up, but I'm going to increase my calories a little bit more, see how my body feels, um, and just kind of go from there, live my life, you know, enjoy myself. And yeah, that's, that's my plans for, um, physical plans and physical goals. I would say my mental health is pretty good. Uh, just continuing to, you know, take time to myself, continue to not work every single day, try to pull myself outside of that working every single day, all day mindset, because it's not healthy. As you guys know, I'm not a fan of the hustle culture, although I am just a huge part of it and it sucks. I hate it. I need to take a step back. So I think for mental health, um, find more, find a little bit more <laughs> balance in my life, which is ironic because the last episode was finding balance, but continue to uh, fight for balance and continue to find it in my life. A lot of you ask questions like how I balance my eating without feeling any guilt um, in or like if you eat out and stuff, how do you not feel guilty? Or if maybe one of you did ask if you have a little bit of a binge the night before, how do you not feel guilty about it the next day? Um, I've come to a point in my journey where I would say 85 to 90% of the week, I am, I have created a routine with nutrition. Okay. Let's start there. You've got to build a routine with nutrition. Okay. It's not just eating healthy. It's getting into a routine of eating healthy and fueling your body with nutrient dense meals and veggies and fruits and clean protein sources and, you know, good, healthy, complex carbs. And you need to get into a routine of that and focus in on whole foods, focus in on that. And I know so many people throw that around, but it's so much easier said than done. And actually, guys, I've been posting a ton of content on my TikTok about nutrition. I've really opened up the nutritional door on my TikTok. So I have a little playlist at the top of my TikTok that says nutrition and like meals or whatever. Definitely take a look at the videos that I posted there to help you understand how simple it is. I prep ingredients. I don't prep meals. And I keep my meals simple but delicious. They're kind of boring but they're good. They're basic, but yummy. 
And that's, I think, where you need to be 80% of the time, 80 to 90% of the time. And I feel like a a lot of people kind of misuse the, oh, 80-20, you know, I'm 80-20 balanced, slay. And while I love that for you, a lot of people's 80% is filled with fillers. It's filled with just not clean nutrients. Like it's not mostly whole foods, it's protein bars and protein powder and, um, you know, meals that you get out, but you think that they're healthy, but really they're not as nutrient dense as they could be if maybe you made it at home. And like that 80% isn't as balanced as I think a lot of people think, which I think why a lot of people also struggle with, they're like, I have an 80, 20 lifestyle, but I'm not reaching my goals. And it's like, well, let's take a look at the 80% because your 20% is fine. Do what you're going to do in your 20%, but let's take a look at your 80% and really see what that actually looks like. Get into a routine with your nutrition because once you do, I'm getting to my point, I'm getting to it. Once you get into a solid routine with that 80% and you're eating mostly just simple meals that are really yummy, that are seasoned, that you're using yummy low-cal sauces to, you know, flavor up and whatnot. Once you get into that routine, then the 20%, not that it doesn't matter, the 20% isn't as much or it doesn't have as much of an effect on your body. And you have to understand that you have to consistently be eating like shit and be eating way over the amount of calories that you're burning in order to gain weight, in order for it to have a long lasting impact on your body. So now the thing is, is that this is the magical thing about our bodies. And this is the magical thing about whole foods, meals, and sticking to mainly just simple, clean meals is that when you make that adjustment, you kind of have to go through like, not like a detox, but kind of, you kind of have to go through a detox of switching to more junk foods, to more, to a more nutrient dense diet. Once you push through that detox, which it doesn't take very long, then when you have foods that are outside of your basic meals, you feel that literally so fucking much. You guys, it's insane. I'm not kidding you. I'm at the point now where I eat pretty much basic meals. You guys check out my TikTok. It's there. You that's what I eat every single day, okay? But I love to go out on the weekends. I'm definitely eating breakfast out and I'm eating a dinner out on the weekends or maybe getting a deli sandwich. Hell, maybe I'm doing all three, okay? I'm doing that. And while it's important to relatively stay on track over the weekend, um one of the days I'm definitely getting breakfast, maybe I'm getting a deli sandwich, which deli sandwiches aren't bad, you guys. Um and then I'm eating out for dinner because I fucking can. But what happens is that I get really bloated. I get swollen. Like my fingers swell up. My face kind of gets a little bit inflamed and I'm like, I feel it so much more than when I did, when I did not have as clean of a diet. And when you feel it so much more, it does not make you want to continue to eat the junk food. It doesn't make you feel like, Oh, okay. God, I feel like shit. I'm going to continue to eat it. You're like, oh, wow, I feel that dinner from last night. Glad I ate it. It was fucking delicious. But man, am I ready to get back to my normal meals? And that's kind of the routine you get in. When you start listening and paying attention to how you feel and what your physical body is sensing and giving to you and showing you, and you feel that on another level, you no longer really want to continue to eat that junk food. So 
that's kind of how I deal with it because I know that it does not affect me. Does it affect my body for a day or two? Yeah, for sure. But it's not the rest of my fucking life. You get back into your routine. So if you feel sluggish, you feel whatever, get back into your eating routine. I say this, what I tell my clients, nothing more, nothing less, nothing more, meaning no extra um, cardio, no extra workout, no two a days because you're trying to burn off what you ate. No, ma'am, that's going to fuck your body up even more and nothing less, no restrictions, no restricting your calories or eating less. That will only mess your body up more. Your body needs routine. Your body thrives off routine. So what do you do? Even if you're not absolutely starving right when you wake up, eat your same breakfast you eat, eat your same lunch and dinner and snacks, get back into your routine. Show up for your workout, get your normal movement in after a day. I'm not even kidding you. One day of doing that, you'll wake up the next day, you'll feel better. You will feel better. That's how it happens. And that is kind of what living a healthy lifestyle is like. But I don't want you to have that mindset of you can only eat out once or twice a week. You will have weeks where you eat out a little bit more. You'll have weeks where you eat out a little bit less. It's that everything works as a whole. It's not just week by week. Um, but that's kind of how I combat it because I know, yeah, I feel, I was like, Ooh, yeah, I feel that. But I know I'm like, it's not going to affect my body. It's a couple days. Like I only had two days of eating out consistently, like a couple days back in my routine. I'm going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. Okay. The last question, because you guys, I'm already getting caught in mouth. The last question is my favorite forms of self-care. My favorite forms of self-care would be uh, self-tanning. Oh my God. Yes. Self-tanning is a form of self-care. It is. I don't make the rules. Okay. Um, I love doing things that make me feel good. So, you know, getting in my movement is a form of self-care. Um, reading, I think is a form of self-care, being alone, staying off social media, uh, sitting outside in the sunshine for 10 to 15 minutes or going for a walk, going to a coffee shop and grabbing myself a friggin' delicious breakfast sandwich in a really good sweet and sugary coffee. I love doing that. I think my favorite form of self-care is also just spending time alone. I really like to be alone, um, which I know self-care is mostly done alone, but just doing things outside, you know, running errands alone, grabbing coffee alone, doing my nighttime skincare routine, doing my morning skincare routine. Those are my favorite forms of self-care and practicing doing self-care every single day and realizing that self-care isn't just doing a facial mask and painting your toes or something like that. Like self-care is an everyday thing. So like I just said, my morning and nighttime skincare routine is self-care. So when I do it, I'm like, oh, I love myself. I'm loving myself. I'm treating my skin. I'm nourishing my body. Like that is self-care and looking at self-care in like a very different light, I think will also help you with that. But oh my God, you guys, that's it. Let's see, girl. That's that's all I got for today. This was so fun. We'll have to do another Q&A in the near future. I will say a lot of you guys asked about natural cycles and hormones and women's cycles. And don't you worry. Buckle up because we are going to get into that very soon. I am mapping out an entire thorough, thorough episode about the female cycle about hormones and about natural cycles for you guys. So 
stay tuned. It's going to be a really good one. But just know, I didn't get to a lot of those questions today, but know they'll probably be answered very, very soon. But thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you asked me a question, thank you so much. Thank you for like watching my content. Thank you for supporting me because I know I only posted it on my Instagram story and I didn't post it on like all my different platforms. So I really appreciate if you support me on all my platforms and you just support me in general. You listen to this pod and you, you know, pour in your time and energy into listening. I just really appreciate it. I really do. And I just love you so much. I hope you have the best freaking week whenever you're listening to this best weekend. And I will talk to you soon.